Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Football Digest Daily. I am your host, Connor Bromley, and I'm joined today by Chris McKenna and Aaron Flanagan. And we're we're pretty much going to do a a Champions League special, PSG against Man City and FC Porto against Liverpool, so plenty to take in today. And there's only one place to start, Aaron. PSG v Man City, Pep v Messi, that's the the big storyline. How do you see this one playing out this evening? Well, if City play anything like they did against Chelsea on Saturday, then I don't see anyone stopping City. Um, even that front line, the, the, the PSG, but City were absolutely magnif- magnificent on the weekend. It's just consistency has been a problem for, for for City's teams. I think kind of since kind of towards the back end of last season when City came off the back of that you know incredible winning run, and then they just didn't seem to quite hit the same kind of level that they um, that did um, kind of you know at the peak of that run. And I, I think they've yeah consistency is what they, I think they've struggled for more than anything, but. You know, I mean, it was a real marker that they set down at the weekend against Chelsea, and um, I think they've re-established themselves as the favourites. First of all, for the Premier League, and second of all, for the Champions League now. Um, so it's a fascinating game. Uh, obviously, from City's point of view, it's uh, it's not ideal that Lionel Messi looks like he's going to be playing and look like they nearly got away with one um, with, with his injury. But um, listen, if City, City play like they did at the weekend, then. Um, you know, there's, um, they're going to be really, really tough to beat, even with that that front line that the PSG have got. Yeah, because Chris Messi's, he's, I don't say he's struggling, because I have seen, you know, he's hit the bar a few times, you know, it's just, just not quite going in for him. But he hasn't hit the ground running, you know, he's not looking like the same player he was at Barcelona. Do you think that City maybe have got lucky that they are playing PSG at this point in the season and maybe not in November, December when he's really, really, you know, in his stride? Yeah, possibly. Obviously, got to look at it from Messi's point of view. He he played all his club football in one country, and although the French league will be a step down for him, it's still going to be different. It's different, different life for him, moving to a different part of the world, not that far away, but still moving from where he's been settled for so long. It's a bit different from Ronaldo. He's no, he knows how to make moves. He's done it a few times now in his career. So, yeah, I think it maybe is that good time where where Pochettino and, and, and Messi are still trying to figure it all out, how to get the best out of them in this team with such an attacking threat. And you would expect by November, December, January and into the second half of the season that he'll really, really find that kind of best form. And I think these two teams will come out of the group. So will tonight's result have a huge effect? No, because we, we've seen in the, in the past that finishing top of or second doesn't make a lot of difference, but look, it's blockbuster stuff. So it wouldn't be a bad way for Messi to, to kind of really hit the current run and to, but to bag a few against Man City and lay down a marker. As, as Aaron said, that City's win at the weekend has made them kind of back as everybody gone right. And okay, they, they're the favourites for, for both. But if, if Messi comes and turns it on tonight, it will, it will swing back in PSG's favour. So that's how finely balanced it is. But 
certainly a good time for for Messi uh, for City to be playing against the Messi side, but still lying on Messi. So I'm sure Pep Guardiola be still very very wary that at any moment he could turn it on, and and then City have got a real test on their hands. And Aaron, you know. City and PSG are two sides that are desperate to win the Champions League. If there's two teams in Europe that, you know, want it, these are the two that really, really want it. You know, they've been chasing it for about, well, in City's case, it's it's coming up 10 years. PSG, um, pretty much the same. Do you think these are the, the two favourites for the competition this season? Or do you think there's, there's other sides in Europe that are a little bit better? I think they're definitely the favourites. But, um, you know, you don't want to discount Bayern Munich, who are super super strong every year um they've they've always been been a threat and yes and real madrid you know look like they've made a decent start to the season in spain you know kind of gone quietly under the radar because everyone's focusing on barcelona's collapse so you know i think there are other teams there that you know are, are going to be challenges but yeah city and psg are the favorites it's, i'll be honest it's nothing short of a travesty that either of them you know haven't won the champions league yet in the past kind of decade the amount of money they spent the amount of ability and quality that they've had in the squads um, City have gone two years on the bounce now where they've had golden opportunities obviously they lost that quarter final to Leon, um, which you know for me that should have been City's year and then last year you know Chelsea did a job on them in the final and Chelsea were deserved winners in the final but it's a travesty City haven't won it and PSG you know will be thinking the exact same thing they've spent that much money and now they've got Lionel Messi and it's kind of almost the final throw of the dice uh, I think for them and um no, it's, it's a big, big year for both. Um, I'm not 100% sure this will be a dress rehearsal for the final. It's just There seems to just be a little inconsistency with, with both teams. And the Champions League always throws up shocks and surprises. And uh, I think something... I, I don't think either are invincible. Um, I think they're the best two teams, but I, I don't think they're... Uh, I don't think they're unbeatable. And Chris, you know, Messi v Pep, that's, that's the main talking point. That's what us in the media like to jump on. Do you think City, A, ever had a chance of signing him in the summer? But B, do you think they they rue not maybe going a little bit harder on signing Messi when you look at the fact that, you know, they drew nil-nil against Southampton, they drew a blank against Spurs earlier in the season. The question is, do they have enough goals in the team? Do you think they regret that, you know, and could tonight be a, a reminder that they, they missed out on what would have been a, a superb signing? Um, it, it's a difficult to ask because... You never would say no to signing Messi the same way I don't think you say no to signing Ronaldo, even at their ages now. But I don't think there was a real chance this summer. I think City's chances to get them have been in the past. Um, but for various reasons, it hasn't happened. And they always, you always felt that City were building something there, that they could bring them over there when the time was right. But just never, the stars never aligned, whereas they did to bring Pep Guardiola in and Obviously, that's been a huge success. But I think City's main focus this summer was was getting Harry Kane or and a, a number nine striker, and that was that's what they were looking at. They weren't looking at Messi. They brought in Jack Grealish, who's more of an attacking midfielder, and not saying he's obviously not nowhere near Lionel Messi, but he's that kind of plays on on the outside comes inside type of player. So they weren't looking to bring in another one like that. Where they offered them, I don't think so. If they were, would they have changed their mind? Possibly, look at what Manchester United did. They went in the market for Ronaldo. But as soon as they were offered them, it suddenly all changed. And um, Will they rue missing out on Messi? I don't think so. Um, I do think they, they still may be short in that kind of striker option, just a clinical forward. But 
it, at the moment, other players are stepping up, like Jesus, like Torres has, has played a few good games as well. So I think if they're going to ruin missing out on somebody, if, if City don't win it at the title or win the Champions League this season, I think it'll be because they didn't get Harry Kane or somebody of his nature. I don't think it'll be because they didn't get Lionel Messi, but who wouldn't want to sign Lionel Messi? And I'm sure all the fans would have loved to have seen him there, but I don't think it was a real, real possibility this summer. I think once he was leaving Barcelona, there was only one place that could, he could go to. Obviously, City have money as well, but PSG just were always going to try and make that happen, I think. And for PSG, Aaron, you know, Pochettino is seemingly under a little bit of pressure. And of course, he's, he's, he's kind of suffering with the, the Ollie thing of you get one of these brilliant players and you have to provide results because you've got Messi or you've got Ronaldo. They drew their opening game in the Champions League. So it's a real must-win game for PSG. And I think for Man City, they can probably afford to come out this game with a draw, you would say. So do you think that tonight's high pressure for Pochettino? I'll be honest, no, I, I don't think so. Just because I think they will have watched the first leg, you know, between City and Leipzig, and they'll realise that with their attacking force, they're going to score goals against Leipzig because they were a mess at the back. Um, and I think Leipzig have started the season quite poorly domestically as well. I think they're mid-table bottom half. So I, I don't think there's as much pressure on Pochettino just yet as, as maybe, you know, some people are billing it. Um, yes, you know, a win would completely change their season, change their momentum. People would be taking them very seriously again. Um, but I don't think it's panic stations. The, the Champions League group stages, you've just got to get through the group. You know, it, like I think Chris said earlier, it, it doesn't really matter whether you finish first or second. Um, the, the groups this year are so, so strong. And um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worrying to just yet if, uh, you know, I was PSG and I was Pochettino. Um, yes, there will be questions asked if they get battered, but I don't think they're going to get battered. They're, they're still a good side. Um Bigger questions will be asked when they, when they end up meeting again in in match day five. I think that's when that's when the pressure will ramp up. Do you think there'll be what do you think Pep will do with the team, Chris? Do you think he'll make changes, or do you think he'll stick largely with the team that that played Chelsea? I think he'll stick largely with. I think you might see some some changes. I think Foden maybe might drop just drop back out just because he'll be managing his kind of comeback and 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 that. So. Um, Maybe Sterling will come into the team. I'm not sure. Um, but I don't think it'll be the exact same 11. I think Pep lo- lo- loves to rotate as much to the annoyance of fantasy football managers across the country. Um, makes it very difficult for everybody, especially when he's got so many good, good point scores. But see, this is Europe. And I think he will take changes. I think, yeah, you might see uh, you might see a Sterling or, or a Mara start, but I don't think it'll be massive changes. And I don't think he'll uh, he'll be doing doing anything experimental like he did at the Champions League final last last season. That's for sure. I, th- I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does with Gabriel Jesus because he's yeah. been playing him out on the wing this season. It's weird that Pep's literally only got one striker. Like we were saying, he didn't get Harry Kane, which you know could prove to be disastrous for City. He's got one striker in Gabriel Jesus, and he's been playing him out on the wing where he's been using like Foden or De Bruyne down the middle and. I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does tonight because I think a lot of the joy he had last season was in the Champions League was when Jesus was playing down the middle. Um, so it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does uh, does with him tonight. Do you think, Aaron, you know, it's a big week. You know, you've got Liverpool coming up at the weekend as well. Would two wins for Man City really lay down the marker and let everyone know that 
you know, because there's been some doubts about Man City this season. We've had some some iffy results, but two wins, you know, against this level of opposition and with the Chelsea win last weekend would surely show everyone that actually Man City are again going to be favourites for both the Premier League and the Champions League. Yeah, it'd be very reminiscent of last season as well. Um, I, I, I've said about City numerous times now that I think they're getting pre-season wrong. Last season, they didn't play a single pre-season game. They made a real iffy start to the season. This year, they did play pre-season games, but they're against you know a lot of lower-ranked opposition. And again, they've made a relatively iffy start to the season and they've ended up growing into it. It just seems to me like history is repeating itself a little bit. And yeah, the performance on Saturday looked like City were you know, at full stride again. If they can do that again against PSG, then, you know, People are going to be scared and then people are going to be taking City seriously again, um, which is possibly a bad thing for City going into a game against Liverpool at the weekend because Liverpool know they've got to be at the top of the game, you know, if they're going to get anything. And at the end of the day, when Liverpool are at the top of the game, they are, you know, arguably the best team in the Premier League still. Um, they're, they're, they're phenomenal to watch and when it all uh, when it all clicks. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's early days, really, you know, to know exactly what's going to happen with City. But, you know, there's, there's a few little promising signs um, after, after an issue start. OK, we'll, we'll jump now to FC Porto against Liverpool. Chris, you know, 3-3 against Brentford. Brentford, excellent, but Liverpool defensively looked weak. You know, and we're not used to saying that with Virgil. Van Dijk in there. What did you make of Liverpool's performance against Brentford? It, it was really chaotic, which was um, kind of unlike them, especially Liverpool have a habit of, obviously, one thing they can do is blow teams away. But seeing in the past when the games are a bit like that, where it goes 2-2 two, 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 or 2-1, two, they usually then kind of, kind of get a grasp of the game and either go on and win 4-2, 5-2 or just see it out. And they just didn't ever look like doing that. And I don't think it was just defensively. I think in midfield, they were a bit all over the place. It's a bit much, but there just didn't seem to be as much control there as there usually is. And obviously, then that plays onto the defence. And uh, Brentford did a great job in picking them apart. And there were, there were some some errors made. And positionally, they weren't as good as they usually are. And you were seeing Van Dijk playing well in in a sense, but making runs back to cover that he's usually not doing. And obviously they 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 targeted Trent Alexander Arnold a lot. And it was a great performance from Brentford, but I just felt that Liverpool just let the game constantly get away from them when I've seen in the past, time and time again, where they either they get in front and then they go on and they score three, four, five, or they get in front and they just hold it out and they control the game and kill the possession. They didn't do obviously neither. But look, when it got to two, two, three, when it got to three, two, sorry, Liverpool had some chances they could have gone four, two, five, two, and then it looks a very different result. But yeah, defensively, it, it was one of the the poorest showings in, in recent years, I think. And Aaron, you know, we saw um, Chris kind of touching it with with uh, Trent getting targeted, but Brentford kind of overloaded um, the fullback positions and the the target at Liverpool's fullback areas and did a very good job of it. Do you think that's a a recipe that other teams will target? And do you think FC Portal will look at what Brentford did and, and try and, and mimic it? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, this, Porto are a good side in their own rank, in, in, in their own right. So I think that the, the manager, Sergio, I mean, this is a good thing to write for a living because I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce his surname. I think it's Consacau, is it? Um, but he, um, 
he plays, you know, a great style of football. They haven't lost a game this season, um, Porto. You know, they're, they're, they're a really kind of solid team. And, uh, you know, they got a point, well, they got a clean sheet against Man City last year as well. They know that they can defend. And I think I think they'll just do that. I don't think they'll come out all guns blazing the same way that, that Brentford did at the weekend. It is interesting with the Brentford thing of whether other teams will, will adapt that. I think Liverpool will just become a little bit more cautious and a little bit more aware. I think Jurgen Klopp will be very smart and, and realise that They've, they've been exposed there and, uh, and and they'll need to make changes. So I don't think that'll happen too often. But I mean, all credit to Brentford. I mean, they made for a thrilling game of football and uh, to attack like that, um, you know, was um, was incredible. They actually remind me, Brentford, a little bit of Blackpool when they were in the Premier League and they first came up and started knocking the ball around and caught everyone by surprise. So um, whether or not that'll quite last, um, um, I'm, I'm not so sure. And you look at... The, the group that Liverpool's in, obviously this this struggled. Well, I didn't really str- struggle's probably a harsh word against AC Milan, but they were comfortable and then they, they threw away the lead and ended up getting the winner. Do you think that they can afford to take a point against Porto, Chris? Uh yeah, I do think so. Again, I, I think the two teams in this group are Liverpool and Atletico. I, I know the AC Milan game was was, was tight, but I, it's not the AC Milan of old and, and it's not and, and Porto was though uh, Aaron said they're a, they're a solid team. They they know how to get results. But Liverpool have given them a, a couple of hoidings in the past. So I think a draw tonight it will be seen as a a decent, if not spectacular, result. And you would back Liverpool to 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 beat them comfortably at home. Um, the Atletico Madrid games will be the big ones because they'll they'll come round back to back, and that that will decide who wins the group. I feel, but. If, if somebody could lose those two games, then you're looking at, right, you've got to go and beat Porto and AC Milan and then it becomes a bit more challenging. But I do think a point will be a good result. I think if Liverpool win, win the home games and draw their away ones in this group stage, they'd be absolutely delighted. So I think a, a point tonight and uh, it'd be that step close. I think there's well the Atletico, Atletico drawing with Porto in the first game as well has, has helped them because that gives them that bit of breathing space too on this. And we saw last time, you know, Liverpool rested some some key players uh, against AC Milan. Virgil van Dijk didn't play. I think Roberto Firmino was possibly injured by them, but he, he didn't play from memory. Do you think it's possible that with City at the weekend, um, he'll rest players like Virgil van Dijk, Chris? I think van Dijk will play this one. Um, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't, especially just after the weekend. They'll want to... They won't want to concede a few goals again. I think they'll... they'll, they'll They'd love to get, I think, a clean sheet after Brentford now to kind of give them some more confidence. Um, we know that uh, Alexander Arnold's out, out tonight. He hasn't travelled the squad, so James Miller may come back in there. And then I think tonight maybe a bit more of a dress rehearsal for 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 Sunday. Um, he's got that break as well, so it's Tuesday to Sunday, so he's, he's got a, a, that extra day to rest players. I think with the Van Dijk against AC, he was just managing him because he's come back from a long time out but I think they, they want to get a point at least tonight they want to defensively be sound and and they want to go into that city game with a bit of more belief in that back line so I think you'll the only change I would expect in that back four is 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 possibly Milner in for, for Trent Alexander-Arnold somebody else may come in and partner Van Dijk but I definitely see Van Dijk and, and playing it playing there I, I can't see him resting for this one because don't, you don't want to concede two, three goals again, put it that way, and then going into the City game, that's for sure. 
And Aaron, you know, seemed that Liverpool, you know, for a few years, sort of 2019 to 2020, were virtually unbeatable. You know, they, they won every game, won a Champions League in that era. Do you think that they are back to that team? Because we saw the pandemic did kind of, I think, affect Liverpool quite a bit. They rely quite a lot on the atmosphere at Anfield, and we saw they lost some some silly games at home last season as well. But now they've got Van Dijk fit, and he's had a you know a, a time to rest. I think Liverpool as well will benefit from having that rest period during the pandemic, whereby you know they, they did have that break and had a lot of players who played a lot of minutes. Do you think that we forget how good this Liverpool team was just? a couple of seasons ago and now we're seeing them back to what they were. Yeah, I I actually said on one of these podcasts um, after the first game of the season uh, when Liverpool played Norwich, I, th- I said, yeah, they were only playing Norwich, but Liverpool had a little kind of spark about them. It was almost like they were back to their ruthless best kind of everyone there. And I think they will only get stronger. I mean, providing that, you know, injuries, you know, stay away. I think Marne will find his, his form properly again, um, you know, Salah and Jota look like they're going to keep delivering goals. Um, I, I think they're going to be absolutely fine, and I think they, I think they're still title contenders. That you know, people have already kind of started ruling them out, saying it's maybe City or Chelsea, you know, for the Premier League title. Um, some people obviously saying United as well. And I think going under the radar slightly, you know, will be a good thing for Liverpool because they'll just quietly go about what they're doing. You know, they'll they'll keep on getting stronger. They're they're a you know a phenomenal football team and. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they've got much to worry about. They're definitely a lot stronger than they were last year. And um, that's pretty ominous for the rest of the league because, you know, even last year when they, were, they weren't quite on it, when they did turn it on, they were still very, very good. So, um, yeah, I think there's um, there's potential for a really good season there for Liverpool. So, Chris, do you think that Liverpool are, are reaching that level they were at a couple of years ago, you know, when they did win the Premier League and, and get the, what, what was it, like 98 points and missed out on the league title as well the year before. Do you think they're, they're getting close to that? There's they're just flashes. There's certainly periods in games when they're doing it against Palace, they were, they were very good. Um, as Aaron mentioned, against Norwich as well was another one. Um, the, the, there's moments in games when they when they get that crowd up so far this season where you're going right this is bringing back memories of, of, of two seasons ago when they when they went away and ran away with the league title but as you've seen on on, on saturday it, there's still little vulnerabilities there that that were not there in that title winning season and they 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 certainly can get rid of them very quickly and i think they, they will and i think people as aaron said did kind of Overlooked them and it was like, oh, well, Chelsea have bought a, a 90-odd million pound striker. Manchester United have got Ronaldo. City have got Grealish and our, our Man City. And, and everybody was like, ah, oh, but Liverpool haven't bought anybody. But what I think people forgot was that Liverpool were bringing back in two world, well, certainly one world-class defender and another very, very, very good one in Joe Gomez. And they were that meant also that they were bringing back Fabinho into midfield, who's arguably up there with Fernandinho for the last and Kante for the last few years as the best defensive midfielder in the league. And then obviously you've got Yota now su- supporting um a great front three in, in Mane Salah and Firmino. And when you when you put all that together, that is a, it's a title winning team. There's no doubt about it. The only thing is they need to they're more reliant on keeping players fit. But even in midfield they've got options now. Having lost Wijnaldum, he's a big loss. He was a very, very good player, an underrated player. But they, as Joe did, bringing through Harvey Elliott, he has the injury. Curtis Jones comes in. 
plays very well at the weekend. You, and you've, you've still got the, the other options there, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain fairly played. So they've, they've got options, but a lot of their season rests on, on Mo Salah and, and Sadio Mane. One, keeping up their form, but two, also staying fit. I think that's where they're a bit different to the other title challengers and Champions League challengers who can maybe lose a key player for a few weeks, not a long period. Whereas I think if Liverpool lost Mane or Salah, the balance of their team would struggle a lot. But they, they've certainly shown in periods already this season that they can find that best again. And if they do that consistently, then you can see them being right there and, and not running away with the league title. But it wouldn't surprise me if they, they won it comfortably in the end. But anything can happen, I suppose. And let's see. And that's why I think it makes it a great season. And in the Champions League as well, they've shown in the past that, that once they get going in that, they're very, very, very hard to beat. So... Certainly got a team to challenge on both fronts. Were you surprised, Aaron, that, that Liverpool didn't do more in the summer? I think it just brought in the one centre-back from Leipzig. Do you expect them to do more to compete with you know, the, the business that the other sides up there were doing? No, Liverpool had a summer that I expected them to have. I don't think they're going to be you know, a club who are going to go and spend stupid money like the others. You know, They're always going to be you know, a little bit more shrewd. And Ultimately, like, like Chris said, they, they knew that they were going to have big changes in the summer because of the likes of Van Dijk and Gomez coming back, meaning they can readjust everything. Um, I just think that they're very confident in, in, in what they've got there. Um, Jurgen Klopp is, you know, backs his team clearly, you know, you know, to, to a really high level. He knows what they're capable of, and you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not surprised at all that they've they've done what they they have done um, in terms of maybe you know a minimal you know amount of signings. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen much of Karate yet, though. Um, I've got to say, I know I think he started the Palace game and then he was dropped again uh, for the Brentford game, which was a bit of a surprising call from my point of view. Um, but, you know, I, I think he'll come into his own. He looks like he'll, he's, a, he's a real talent. So um, they've got stronger. Well, I mean, they've got a lot stronger since last year because of, you know, Van Dijk going back, Gomez and Karate being an option, like Chris says, Fabinho going back into midfield. Um you know they didn't need to spend big money, so um, yeah, they're um, they're in a really good place. I think um, if they can find you know a little bit of consistency with you know or a little bit of luck, you know, in terms of you know people not go you know dropping out injured, I think they'll um, I think they'll be just fine. Okay, well uh, I think we're, we're just about out of time now. I'm, I'm getting more and more excited for Liverpool against Man City. That we get to us more than the the Champions League. See how these these two uh, giants collide uh, on Sunday. So thanks, guys. Uh, Chris and Aaron for, for joining us today and everyone who's listening please enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy all the excellent football that's, that's on the offer. Yeah.